Hello, and welcome to the podcast of the Central Church of God, located at 5120 Central Avenue, Portage, Indiana. Here, you can listen to Sunday service by Pastor Robert Sluter. If you have questions, prayer requests, or want more information about our church, please feel free to contact Pastor Robert at 219-963-8496. created us to worship as you're being seated this morning. He's created us to experience his goodness, to experience life that he has given. He knows every one of you in this room, everyone is watching online. He knew you in your mother's womb. How many believes that this morning? And every unborn baby that's waiting to breathe their first breath on this earth. God already knows them and has a plan for their life. And he's created them to be worshipers like us. That's the the design of man is to follow and worship God, to follow the plan for the life that he has for us here on this earth. We're engaging in the heavenlies. Lord, you can move on the hearts of men and women to make the right decision. How many knows that that's where warfare is really is won? That, that's where the battle's won. It's in the, in the throne room, and it's in the place of prayer. And that's going to tie in this idea of prayer uh, this morning. And, and the Lord changed the message over the weekend. As I was preparing, I'll share about that in just a moment. But tonight, I'm going to encourage you to come back tonight for our Sunday night revival. I, I didn't schedule anyone. I was wondering what to do, but I knew I needed to have that uh, that service. I just felt led of the Lord. And then Tuesday night, we had a powerful move of God uh, here in the sanctuary. God was moving. And, and out of that, the, the message was this birth of, uh, of this idea of shift. I know the idea of shift is nothing new. I'm not going to preach it right now, but, uh, but uh, we're going to talk about moving from if to then, okay? And so I want you to come back uh, tonight to uh, hear what God is saying, but out of prayer meetings, it's out, of the, it's out of the heart of prayer where things happen and change. So this morning we're going to go into a message. The theme for this year has been growing in generosity of, of our time, talents, and treasure. The, the message this morning, I, I'm going to focus on missions. This is what we do. Missions is what we do. So it's out of this series that we've talked about at the beginning of the years of our time, talents, and treasures. And so uh, I, I don't want that just to be at the beginning of the years throughout. And so the Lord moved on my heart again this over this weekend to bring these thoughts back. And we're going to focus on mission. I think it just lines up perfectly because of what just happened in Florida and our response to that. And so I just begin to become sensitive to the Lord, ask Him, give me direction. Now, you may notice I may be a little bit disconnected this morning. I, I've had a lot on my mind these last couple of days, and and I had a different message and actually a series I was putting together. I felt the Lord was leading, and, and it was trusting in, in that process, but the, the Lord has the right timing for those things, and I was seeking Him. And on Thursday, I was over here uh, working on that, and I was doing a lot of reading and, and just some background uh, work for myself to be prepared for, for that, and then I got to a place of stopping. And, and so on Friday, I came back in, uh, and in the afternoon, I shifted gears and, and started focusing on the message again, and I started building it, and, and 
that, but I was still struggling with working on that. And I was trusting in the Lord, and then the power went out. Which happens here all the time. We don't know why. This, we're on some weak grid. And, and so I sat here for a little bit, and, and, uh, and I'm like, well, I don't think this is going to come back on. So I went home. It was about 4 o'clock, and I, I went to the house and went upstairs, and, and I was going to work on my message. That was the intent. But on the way home, I made some phone calls and talked to some folks and just was just catching up with some, uh, some different people and, and, and praying with some. And, and then I got into the house. I went to the sunroom where I like to sit, and, and I made some hot tea, and, and it was nice and refreshing and relaxing. And I was sitting there, and, I, and there was a couple of books that I haven't got into. I was, so I finished one book, and, and then beside that book was this book, The Miracles of of missions, and I've read part of it before this, and, and encouraged. I was like, I need to read a few more of the stories, and and so I picked it up again, and I read for a little bit until dinner was ready, and then I got up Saturday morning, and I finished reading this, and the Lord was just stirring on me. So I, I, I text the author uh, Trell Brinson. He's he's works in the World Missions Department for Cleveland. Done a great work since like 1996, and and just tell him, hey, you're, these stories just so encouraging, and and we just dialogue for a few moments. And the Lord moved on my heart, and I and I told him, I said, I feel like the Lord has just shifted me to to preach on missions on Sunday. We're going to be responding anyway to this natural disaster that just took place, and and so I, I started working through this, and so I, I'm going to share a little bit of this. It's not a, a deep message. I'm just going to be sharing from my heart this morning about about missions. This is what we do. This is the, the heartbeat of believers and, and giving. I want to give you a couple encouraging stories about missions. By no means can I share these stories in, in detail and do it the way that he writes it or the way that uh, the, the ones who are on the field experience it. But I want to be encouraged. Anybody ever encouraged by some good stories and how the uh, how the Lord has blessed people? And, and, and so I, I want to dive into that, but I, I needed to give you that little bit of background because I was thinking through and, and the Lord got me to stop one thing. And I'm not saying he made the power go out for the, this end of portage to get my attention, but he used that to get my attention to change gears, to, to seek a little bit differently. And, and so when I got home, my wife and, uh, Hannah and Brenda were in the living room. They were working on a Bible study together. Brandy is, ha, has another study that she wants to share with the ladies, and so she's digging into it now, and, and this is how she gets prepared. She watches herself and, and works with the, uh, a lot of times our family to see how it goes and, and to get ready for that. And so it's on, on Joseph. And then last night uh, I was feeling heavy, and so I, I, I got alone for a little bit to, to pray about today and and. This came to my, my mind, so it's just kind of interesting what they were studying, and I'm not going into that story, but Joseph, but when I was thinking about that, this question came to my mind. Have you ever felt like your dreams have been locked up in prison? Does anybody connect with that? Do you ever feel like your dreams... I can't preach on Joseph right now, I'll save another time, but if you know the story of Joseph having these dreams... Right? And then he gets put into prison. Anybody feel like your dreams have been locked down a little bit? Uh, been locked into, locked into prison? And, and you feel like that, uh, that, that things weren't going the right way? And you're like, I, I thought God gave me this dream. And ha- has there been any dreams for Central Church of God you feel like just been locked up a little bit? And like, Lord, we, we want these things to be released. And, and we're still believing on this. But we don't know why this, uh, this time that we feel like we're locked in. I'm sure Joseph dealt with this when, when he had these dreams 
that God gave him. And they were God-given dreams. You have to understand that. They were God-given dreams. God has given some of you dreams. God has given this church dreams. But the enemy wants those dreams to diminish. But God is going to prosper those dreams if we hold on. Amen? And so I, I began to think about this, and, and then my mind went to what we're doing in, in missions and some of the stories that came out of this book. And so I'm trying to connect all these pieces, so you're just going to have to hang in there. The, the outline may not make completely sense. My message may not, but I hope you get enough pieces uh, that you know my heart this morning. And so when I think about uh, this heart of giving, why we even gave an offering today to people we don't know uh, and for because our heart is moved by the, by the power and the presence of God. And, and so I want to, to go back. I'm not going to read this passage, but I just want to remind you of something that we talked about early in the year when we were beginning this series. And we were in Acts chapter four. And I changed the title right here for the day that out of this prayer meeting, and I'll get to that slide in a second, but they had boldness and compassion. Look at this, this one verse. And when they had prayed, this is, they were at a prayer, a prayer meeting. The place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with, with boldness. Now they were under, uh, under persecution, under a pressure from the, from the people in Jerusalem. And this is what scatters them. But they were getting boldness through the power of the Holy Spirit when they were in a prayer meeting together. There's something that happens when we pray and sing together, uh, uh, a life comes alive, or the life comes alive in us, and the power of God uh, empowers us. So early in this this year, we looked at this passage, and the people left the prayer meeting with boldness and compassion. That's the two things I, as I looked at that passage again and and was looking at. It, they left that prayer meeting with boldness. And then they left with compassion. How do I know they left with compassion? Because if you read the, the rest of that, that chapter, what, what you find it, out is that none of them were without lack. Uh, because of the power of the Holy Spirit that transformed their life, their, their heart was changed, their eyes was changed, the way that they looked at people, the way that they would respond to needs because of the power of the Holy Spirit. How many knows when, we, when the Holy Spirit moves on our lives, He changes us for the good. Uh, when we give our heart to Jesus Christ, He changes our our, our behaviors change, our, our responses change, uh, our actions change. And, and so the Holy Spirit moved on them. They needed boldness to continue to proclaim the truth because of the persecution that they were in. But not only were they empowered to do that, but they had a heart of compassion that went along with it. That sounds a lot like Jesus, doesn't it? Uh, when he looked upon the crowd and, and he had compassion on them and he didn't let them go hungry. He turned a, a, a few fish into a lot of fish. He took a, a little bit of bread and made a lot of bread to feed the people because he knew the need that they had and he's able to do the same thing with us that's another message but i want to let him know whatever let you know what we bring to him he's able to multiply for his kingdom and so as i was reading this passage and i was moved on because of the heart of the people were moved by the holy spirit to to have compassion on others so then i'm reading this this book on Saturday morning, I get to this part, and there's this idea of seeds of blessing. Here's what Terrell Brinson says. Again, he's a world missions rep. He used to be a, 
minister of music, and, and he did a lot of things early on in his ministry, uh, producing uh, albums and different things with other uh, other people. He helped uh, a lot of projects, and, and, and he got a calling into world missions. I can't share his story, but the Lord directed his path, and when he, in his first several months there, he didn't even know why he was there. He goes, I don't even know what to do, and the Lord uh, said, do what you do best, produce, and, and he started making the, the films. He's the one who really started helping us have uh, videos and things like that to be able to show the, the needs that are out there uh, around the world and, and, and have the, the stories and the testimonies recorded so we can celebrate. And so I thank God for his ministry and, uh, and what he does for World Missions. But here's what he writes in this book. Uh, he says, Luke 6.38 says in a nutshell that your personal blessing is measured by the way you bless someone else. Here again, in a nutshell, your personal blessing is measured by the way that you bless somewhere else. We're like, where are you getting that? Well, let's get, let's look at what Jesus says about this. And this is the verse that he uses. He says, give and it will be given to you. Good measures, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. He goes on to say this. For those who would say, I could sure use a blessing. How many can <laughs> say that every once in a while? I could sure use a blessing. It's been a while since I've seen the miracles and blessings from God in my own life. You, you may need a blessing. You may, I need my dream to be blessed again. It feels like my dream's been locked up in, in prison. I need something to happen. I need there to be a, a shift. There's got to be a, there's got to be a change. And, and so when I was reading this, all these things that I've been dealing with the, since the later part of the week is coming together and I'm seeing this and, and, and here's what he next thinks. He says, I must ask, if that is true, when was the last time you blessed someone else? Let's put it this way. This is him continuing. This is all from Trail Brinson. Your future is attached to the seed you sow. The farmers understand that. In order for them to have a, a harvest, they have to plant the seeds. These are the principles that the Lord lays in the scriptures for us to realize this idea of sowing and reaping. And there's a lot of places we've talked about that over time. We, we look at Amos chapter 9 and, and that, that prophecy is that, that the, the one who is reaping is, is, is on the hills of the one who is planting. That's just that favor of God and, and, and God is, is moving that forward and that's what we want. But here's the thing. You can't reap if you don't sow. You, you, can't, you can't grain a harvest if you don't plant. And, and so we have to deal with this in, a, in our lives. And so I have to give this newsflash. As Christians, we are to be givers we, we have to be givers you're like that's that's hard sometimes uh, and it starts with and, and this is not just a message on money it's this, this whole idea of giving our time talents and treasure this idea of generosity but money is a part of that how many has to use money every day some kind of form of it right we can't get away from it and we can be generous with it or we can be stingy with it. And it's funny, it depends on the situation where we're at. Some people become more generous in, in, in weird places, really loose with their money. I, I've seen, you know, people at carnivals and they're trying to win that teddy bear and they get out a dollar and they, they start shooting. They miss because they're no good at it. 
give me another dollar. They just start throwing out money. They become, they, if, if, they, if they're like, this, is gonna, this bear is going to cost you $50. No, no, uh-uh. No, I would never pay $50 for that bear. Yeah, no, you just whipped out $150 because you kept missing and they, they just got generous with their, their money. And, and so it's not as tight as they, it's not as important to them as they think in certain situations. So I want my heart to be led by God. I know there's always opportunity to give to the kingdom of God. We have some nice new mums out in front of our house because we went to a, a world mission banquet last weekend, a week ago. And, and we were sewing into the, it wasn't that we just wanted the mums. We were trying to find a way to help that church. And, and we started giving money. I bought $60 worth of popcorn and candy. And the popcorn was pretty good the other night too. But it was in this bucket. And I was like, let's just, we want to sew into this. So yeah, sometimes we give a lot more than what something's worth when it goes for the right cause. Lord, I want my heart to be stirred at the moment. I know it's hard in the day when we just dealt with cash. People are like, I don't have any cash. Well, there's no excuse now. We've got online. I mean, there's always a way to give now, right? So it's got to be a heart issue. Lord, help me with this idea of giving because it's not going to go away. And it's not that we're trying to pull things. We're, we want people to be blessed and favored by God in this idea of planning. And so I, I'm going to speak to our young people right now. You need to get a hold of this now in your life. Because you're not going to learn to become a better giver later if you can't do it now. And, and, and so I'm proud of, and I've mentioned this before, I, I haven't looked lately, so you guys can <laughs> you talk to me later on, but I, I know that some of them were already signed up and were giving of their tithes uh, 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 when they work, and I praise the Lord for that. Give them a give them a hand of appreciation. Continue to be givers of your tithes. But I'm going to challenge you just like I challenge everyone else in this room. Giving is a, is a lifestyle as a believer. We give our tithes first. We give an offering and then we always, I encourage, give missions above that. And I know sometimes our offerings turns into missions, but the idea is like, I don't want to just, I don't want to limit God. And whether it's something small, whether it's just a dollar a week or five dollars, whatever it is, start somewhere planting that seed every week. Be consistent with it. Don't just wait because if when you're consistent with it and then another offering comes up, you're like, you know what? I, I can go ahead and throw another five because you're not going to, you, you may miss it for a little bit, but that's when you got to learn to budget. That's another, another time. But don't, don't take God out of your heart for giving out of your home for blessing. When I was reading through this book, and like I said, I can't share all the stories. It's not a very thick book, but there's two stories that really stood out that I want to do my best to, to share because I want you to connect with what God is doing around the world and that he can do also through you. How many wants to be a vessel for God? This first story is about Samar Youssef, and now a, a part of the Church of God. And But he was from Egypt, lived in Alexandria, and he was invited. He's a, a speaker. He had a, a TV broadcast, and, and he was invited to, to preach in Cairo. He didn't have a car, and so he started to figure out, that, how do I get there? It's a, it's a little bit of a journey. So he could take a bus, and he checked into that, but it was way too much money that he could afford. And so he thought about maybe I can find just a taxi, but well, that was even more. 
and then there's one other way of transportation. There was a, there was a train. And, and so he looked at uh, the train and said the train cost and this nice air conditioned closed window train was more than the bus ride. He says, I don't know what I'm going to do. But then he saw another option on the train. They had another train with windows open and wooden benches and it was going to take six hours instead of two hours. He says, I'll go ahead and do that. Now, this is a, a, a preacher of the gospel well-known in that area, and yet he's, he says, because of uh, my resources, I'm going to go ahead and be faithful and do what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to go and preach uh, at this crusade for four days, and I'm going to get there the best way that I can. So he's on this train, and he says about two hours away from, uh, from Cairo, the, the train stopped, and this was the other caveat of that train ride. The other one is straight through. This one was going to make many stops along the way. And so two hours away from Cairo, the, the train stops. They said, well, you have to know about these trains. They were on time and they always leave and sometimes a little bit early. So you've got to make sure you're there so you don't miss the train. And so while they're at this one train stop, a couple hours away, the train doesn't leave at the right time. It's just sitting there. And they thought this was odd because they're always leaving on time. And, and, and after a little while of waiting there, another train that was coming from the other direction uh, stops right beside that train. They're waiting there for a long period of time, and, and it's hot, and, and they're just waiting for what's going on. And, the, and so uh, he gets his Bible out to start reading to get his thoughts for that, for that night. And Samar said, the Lord spoke to him. He says, look to your right. And he happened to have a window seat so he could be as cool as he could on the, on the ride. And as he looked to the right, uh, he saw a, a man there and he said, the Lord said to him, give him your Bible. Well, Samar being the Christian that he was started arguing with God. He says, I can't give him my Bible. This is the Bible that I preach from. Lord, help me uh, with this. Can I just give him money to buy a Bible? And a little bit of time went by and the Lord told him again, the train still wasn't moving. And he says, give him your Bible. And, and this goes on for a couple of different episodes of him trying to, uh, to, uh, uh, debate with God about what to do. And then, so finally he just decided, okay, I'm going to give him my Bible. And he handed it over to the man. And he says, excuse me, sir, could you take this Bible? And as soon as he gave it to him, the trains, the trains take off. Three weeks later, he was invited to preach back at the city where the trains had stopped. And while there, waiting for the train, he sees a man standing in the, in the evening underneath the light, holding a book and reading it. And, and he said, the Lord moved on him. He's like, you're an evangelist. You probably should show witness to this man. Now, when the trains left, he said he was a little bit upset. He's like, they left so fast, I couldn't even talk to this guy to ask him, where are you going? What are you going to do with my Bible? And he began to pray, Lord, help me, help him not throw the Bible away, do something. And so now he's back at this place. He sees a man standing in the corner, and he goes up to him. He says, I see that you're reading a Bible. Are you a born-again Christian? And the man says, yes, I am. He goes, well, it looks like that we're going to the same place. How about we ride together? And I would love to hear your story, how you, how you came to know Christ. The man says, well, very interesting. About three weeks ago, I, I was on a train and a man handed me his Bible. 
All through my life, I would deny anybody who wanted to tell me about Jesus. Uh, but this man gave me this Bible. And when I started looking through it, it was all marked up at places that talked about salvation in Jesus Christ. And, and after a couple of weeks, I, I decided to give my heart to the Lord. And, 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 and then Samar says, well, let me, let me look at that. And he says, that's my Bible. And the guy says, well, I thought your face looked familiar. How many knows that God can do some supernatural things? And, and yes, that's a amazing story, but he also can do that with you. You don't know who you're going to have an encounter with. I I don't know if you get anything else out of this message today, other than that God can use you when you have a heart willing to give. See, Samar, he wanted to give money. Sometimes the answer is not giving money. It's giving the resource that you have that God wants to use at that moment. So everything that I have belongs to the Lord. It's not mine. I have to give it to him. And when he says, I want to use it, I've got to be willing to give it to him. One more story I want to share this morning from this from this book. It's called Finding Favor with God. It's talking about a church. It's in Florida. And this story's several years old. Larry Sterling's the, the pastor of a very uh, good-sized church. He hasn't been there that long when the story took place. But uh, Terry Brinson was called in. To, they were having a mission service, and they asked him to come to be the speaker. And so before the service started, the pastor asked Brother uh, Brinson to come and look out at their parking lot. He says, uh, you see that house right there? It's kind of like in the middle of our parking lot. It's like, we, we want to expand our parking lot, but we can't buy that house. The owner won't sell us this home and it's right in the middle. We need that place. And, and so we, we've given up and we're not going to pursue that anymore. So the money that we've raised so far to buy that, we're going to let that be a part of the offering today for missions. So after the service, they raised over $14,000 uh, that day with the, the, the proceeds they had for that house. And, and they gave it to uh, Brother Brinson for missions. How many praise God for $14,000 in missions? I, and you may say that's a lot of money. Yes, it is. But God is able to give us the increase. Uh, and, and, I, and I've said it, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I can't wait till the day that our missions budget is bigger than our operation budget. You're like, is that possible? Yes, it is. It is. I, I want to let you know the, the Robert Morris, who we're going to watch, their church, yes, a large church, but they give millions to missions all the time. It's possible. Well, this is why we do buy a tree, change a life, because all the resources that we give out to missions is not just coming from your wallets and pocketbooks. Pocketbooks? <laughs> wow. Woo. Pocketbooks. And you guys don't even carry pocketbooks anymore. It's not coming from you. The Lord is able to bless us through other resources when he knows what we're going to do with it. We're going to give it to missions that touch kids locally and globally. And I'll share more about that when we get into Biotry, but I'm excited about this year what the Lord is going to do. So that offering that day, $14,000 they send in. Three months later, Brother Brinson gets a call from the pastor. He says, you won't believe what happened. We just got a call this week from the lady that owns that house. She called us and, and said that since February, and this is when the, the had that missions meeting, she goes, since February, I've been unsettled. I know you've been wanting this property for such a long time, but I wasn't willing to release it. And, and so I know you wanted to buy it from me, but I, I, I've got the papers all ready to go. But here's the one thing. I'm not going to sell it to you. I'm going to gift it to you. 
How many believes that that, that story happened? How many knows that that $14,000 seed bought something that was worth more than $14,000? God is able to do far above that we can even imagine when we're able to say, God, I trust you with the seed. And there's so many more stories, not just this little book, but throughout missions. We heard it just a few weeks ago when we were in Cleveland for a missions conference and, and, and the stories that came out that churches that were willing to give to God, God always blessed. And this is the history of this church here. So I commend again, Brother Martin, thank you for your heart for mission, uh, for world missions and local missions. And, and we want to continue that path because it's not just to receive, though. If, that, if, you, if that's what you're hearing from the message and you're hearing the wrong thing, it's about giving. Giving, but God always blesses back in ways that we're not. So we can't earmark it. Say, God, I know that if we give this, you'll probably do this. Don't say that. You don't know what he's going to do. This church that got that house, they weren't giving missions so they could, they, they gave up on that. Their dream was locked in prison, but God doesn't give up on the dreams that he gives us. Amen. I believe the Lord is going to do some stirring over these next several months uh, of us to, to retire some some debt. I, I believe that we're going to be able to raise some money to, to to take care of this this projector. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and throw out this this challenge. How many is willing to to give if God blesses you with something? So here, here's what we'll, we'll do. We'll, we'll unpack this more later on, but I'm going to give you an opportunity. I'm not going to say just dig into your checking account to get money out. You're going to say, God, I'm going to give to this project, but I'm going to do it out of the resources you provide for me. And I've got some stories to share about that even, how God works those things out. But it's got to be the willingness first. God, I'm willing to do this. Uh, we have a house that we that we purchased just uh, beside the parsonage. And, and I want to let you know, there's a dream that's locked up in prison in that house. Uh, there's a reason why we bought that property. God has a vision for our church and, and that wasn't an accident. Uh, who knew COVID was going to come just a few months later? Because if we knew that, we wouldn't have bought the house uh, and we would have missed out on what God wanted to do. He still has a plan for us to use that piece of property. I'm saying that right now prophetically, that God has a plan for us uh, and uh, and we have a parking lot out here that we want to use more often. And it's like, don't bring up the parking lot. Hey, there's a church right here that had a parking lot that, was, uh, that had a house in the middle of it and God changed the situation there. I'm going to let you know this morning that we are dreamers together when God gives us a dream. And it's not just something that we work up. It's not something that we just mustered up. It's God gives us a dream. We have to hold on to it. When they seem like they've been put in prison, we keep holding on because God is the one that unlocks the prison doors. He's the one that releases us and he's the one that brings a blessing. I'm going to let you know right now, my wife's already had some dreams and that the Lord has given her that there's going to be some money that comes in. It was for buy a tree, change a life beyond our understanding. It was going to be a great donation that comes in. Some are going to argue when that happens. Why can't we use it at the church? Because it wasn't meant for us. It's to go through the church. But when we're faithful to that, you don't know what's coming around the corner. Is anybody with me this morning? We've got to be faithful to God, trusting God, believing God. But we also have to sow as he tells us to sow. So let's do the Bible. You didn't think I was going to get that in there this week. I have it. It's simple. This week, I want you to read Acts chapter 4, verses 31 through 37. It's that passage where they're moved on, praying, and then they have compassion for one another. Look at Luke chapter 6, verse we looked at this morning. And here's the prayer. 
It's going to be challenging. Lord, examine my generosity. Now, when you ask the Lord to examine your generosity, what you're saying is, and reveal it to me. That's, that's what's going to happen. Lord, examine my generosity. How am I as a giver of my time, talents, and treasures? There's some people who could give more time, but they'd rather just give the money to kind of compensate for it. God doesn't always want your money. He wants your whole being. He wants your surrender. Did we talk about that last week? Did we sing about that last week? He wants our surrender. Also, we encourage you to buy this book. I've already got the link. It's on our mobile app. It's on our website under Let's Do the Bible Be Out. I'll send it to you this week on Tuesday, probably at 318. Because 316 is when you'll get the first Let's Do the Bible. I'm going to send that to you. No, you're not pressured to, but you may want that for your own resources to be encouraged. So this morning we, we gave. Even after working through this message, you may feel compelled to, to give more to that disaster relief. And, and if you desire to do that, we have the black, black boxes that are there. You can give online. But I just want to pray in as our praise team comes back this morning. I, I was stirred. I didn't know where the Lord is taking this today. I believe that we can pray for one another yet still this morning. There may be some that have needs, but I want to be sensitive to God. I, I struggled this morning, all morning long. I was, I was praying, Lord, let this be the right message for the hour. It was, I'd rather come with a message that's all laid out that I know that I've worked hard and this would maybe seem disconnected, but I know the Lord has moved on my heart this weekend. I always want to be sensitive to hear from Him. And I don't want to get caught up with uh, amounts. I want to get caught up with faithfulness. I just want to be faithful to Him. So, Lord, as we just press in for these next few moments, and we... Begin to pray this, even though we'll do it later this week. But, Lord, I, I pray, examine my generosity, my time, talents, my treasure. Am I really sold out to you? Am I really willing to give everything that you ask of me? Or am I going to argue with it until I finally give in? I don't want to argue with you. I want to I trust your voice when I hear it. I want to respond quickly. As a personal testimony, I, my wife and I, we've grown in give, giving since we've been married. We still want to grow in that. There was times when an offering would be taken and we'd be sitting there together talking about, what are you thinking? I'm thinking, well, I wasn't thinking that high. And, you know, we were debating back and forth. And a lot of times now, it's, you know, we're on the same page. There's no question, are you sure? Because we've been, anybody ever had a, you sure? That's not really in our budget. We don't argue about that amount. Now, if we feel like there's a amount, we just, we just do it and the Lord blesses back. That's my heart for every person that's in this room and is watching online that you get to that, that place of, of confidence. Get that place of confidence that you can trust the Lord in your giving. I know I'm taking a little bit of time right now because I want this to really settle in. I'm not going to take another offering right now. I just want the Lord to move on our hearts. Lord, I want to, I want to walk in that confidence.
not that I want my story in a book, but I want to have that faithfulness that, that when I respond to you, that it's book worthy because I can testify to somebody else what God did. I want you to start thinking about some of the testimonies of, of how God has moved in this church by the church giving to missions and doing different things because we're going to do that in our planned CCOG meetings. We're going to talk a little bit about what God has done and we need to hear those stories. Brother Martin, we need to hear those stories of, of God's faithfulness when we're faithful to him and, and we put him first because he's not done. The dream may seem like it's locked up in prison, but God is about to do a shift. He's about to open some doors. As you stand to your feet this morning. I was thinking about earlier this year. When we started this idea of giving and growing in generosity. And for time, talents, and treasure. One of the first things that we did. We had a little uh, budgeting, planning meeting with for homes. And Sister Alta did a, a great job leading that. But I want to I wanna submit this to you. You can't budget missions giving in your, in your checkbook. You can start there. I, I'm going to go ahead and plan to give this, but I'm going to encourage you. When the, when the Lord moves, don't say, but that's not in my, <laughs> my budget. Don't cap it off. Don't, 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 don't do that. Don't resist what God is saying. And, and you got to use wisdom. I understand. I, every time I'm in one of those mission services, I, you know, I want to sign up for every kid that is, you know, is on the screen. Like you can sponsor this kid, and and, and I get that. But I also want to be in that right walk with the Lord and have that right relationship that I know the confidence that when He's speaking to me, that He's going to take care of the needs that I have. So even though that this mission service this morning wasn't on the calendar, I believe the Lord shifted uh, our thinking to think again about because there's always needs that are coming up. And I commend you. Thank you for the response that you give. You, you've helped people in, in this church uh, when they were in need. We've just taken an offering and some of you have just given to that and we bless people with that and there's testimonies of that. That's why we, I believe the Lord has continued to bless us because we have a willingness, but we can't stop the willingness. And here's, here's where the truth is. We, we have an older generation that used to that. And if we don't train up the younger generation to move in that same way, then the well will get dry. But God doesn't want our well to dry. He wants us to flourish. So young people, no matter if it's just a little, go ahead and start now. It'll bless your life. I, I often say this to those who are looking for jobs and looking for careers, especially our younger generation as you're transitioning from school into that workforce and you're finding that right place. I believe the heart of your giving can impact the job that you'll get. That was a quiet amen. I, I believe the, the, the heart of giving early will impact because uh, the Lord will know I can bless this person with a greater job because I know that they're not going to be stingy with they're going to bless the kingdom. Uh, how many believes uh, uh, God wants to bless the church, the, the church people? Uh, I believe God wants to give some of you raises. That, that's not a prosperity message. And what it is, it's a, it's a faithful message that God wants to bless those who are faithful to the kingdom. 
So I have to take time every once in a while and just go into this path saying God wants to bless you. He wants to use you, but he only will use those who are willing. And the way that you give, it will be given back to you. There's not, it's not a dollar for dollar. That'd be a retirement program, wouldn't it? It doesn't work that way. We don't know what's going to happen when we give. All we know is that God is faithful to his word. So, Lord, I just pray over this congregation. I pray over those watching online. I pray for every generation that's represented in this room. That all of us can be givers. Lord, we want to teach that to our children. That's what we're going to do through the month of October. And as they're studying on Wednesday nights, that they they understand this heart of, of giving. Lord, let us have that, uh, that heart as children. Lord, we give you praise. Bless this congregation. Bless this congregation as we bless the kingdom of God. My last thought as I was praying, so uh, give us a heart of children. How many knows that kids don't have a hard time asking for money? I'll let you know one thing I don't like to do. I really don't like asking for money. I hate the part of the buy tree is trying to find sponsors. I don't like doing that. I don't want to go ask people for money. I have a, I have a, I have a problem with that. It's not a strength area for me. It's a growth area that I need to, and sometimes even giving offerings. I receive but I, Lord, help me not be afraid to ask for people to respond to what you're doing. Because as a child, they never have a problem. <laughs> They always ask for more, right? I heard it yesterday. I heard it yesterday. I was at a place and, and there was a, some gun shooting going on. And, and like, give me another quarter, Mom. It's like, no, you had enough. Kids don't mind. Lord, I pray, let that be our heart, that we don't get, we don't get so hard-hearted that we're not willing to give. Soften our hearts. Soften our hearts. Amen. Amen. I know you had a tough job trying to find a song probably to go with this, but I'm going to let you lead us in something right now because I believe the Lord is moving. Amen. Word.